I am very thankful for the leadership of this church. Amen. I'm very thankful for that. If you have your Bibles tonight, if you would turn with me to Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. You've got it. Say, Amen. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath key, the key of David, he that openeth. And no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Lord, we love you tonight. We're thankful to be in your house and thankful to be in your presence. Lord, your word is forever settled. It's anointed, oh Lord. I pray tonight, God, that that same anointing, Lord, I pray that it would rest in this house from the front to the back, from the north to the south, to the east to the west, down every aisle, down every pew tonight. Every part of this property, this campus tonight, Lord, I pray that your hand would rest and that your angels would be in place tonight, oh God. I pray tonight, O oh Lord, that our ears would be open, that our hearts would be able to understand, O oh God, and comprehend what thus saith the word of the Lord, O oh God. Help me tonight to only be your messenger tonight, O oh Lord. In the name that is above every name, we give you praise, and we give you glory, and we give you honor. Hallelujah. Why don't you, one more time before you're seated, why don't you clap your hands in the presence of the Lord tonight. The Lord begins to speak in Revelation, and he begins to tell and he, what the Spirit is going to say and what the Spirit is going to proclaim to the church. And begins to speak not only as a mouthpiece to the angel or the man of God of that house, but over that whole congregation. It is the voice of the Lord. It is the Spirit of the Lord. It is a force that cannot be opened by man and cannot be shut or shut up or shut down by man. We are not talking about some uh, religious idol. We are talking about the spirit of the Most High God. And what he says and what he proclaims cannot be changed and cannot be undone 
by a man's way of thinking or by an individual or a group of individuals' way of thinking. I've come to tell someone in this house tonight what God has promised and what God has proclaimed cannot be changed by you. It cannot be changed by me. It cannot be changed by any mortal person or man. I'll take it a step further. It cannot be changed by hell. It cannot be changed by the forces of hell. If God has spoken it, if he has spoken it into existence, I've come to tell you tonight that it shall come to pass. I don't care how gloomy it looks, how dim it looks, it will come to pass. Some of us become weary. We become pushed back, Brother Burke. We become weary. It happen when and how we believe that it should happen. But I've come tonight just as a simple person tonight, someone that probably could not tell you uh, too much about the Hebrew or too much about the Greek, but I've come tonight to tell you that I'm smart enough to understand that if God has spoken it, He is well able to perform what He has said that He will do. And I have come too far to believe that I have the brains enough to change what God has said that he will do. Now, some of you are going to think tonight that I am on a trail tonight. And I am on a trail. I am on a trail right now to the gates of hell that think that they can prevail against people, that think that they can prevail against a church, that think that they can prevail against families, that think that they can prevail against your health, that think that they can prevail against your finances, that think that they can prevail. You hear me right now? The enemy thinks that he can trick you into believing that he can prevail in your situation. But I have come too far. I wish an elder in the house would get behind me and say I have come too far to turn my back and believe that I can fix it tonight. All right. He said I am going to open some things that no man can shut. And I'm going to shut some things that no man can open. I know thy works. I have set before thee an open door. And we get excited about the open door. And we get, we get just, just, just slap, shout happy about the open door. We get so thrilled, Pastor, about the open door. We get so happy, Brother Joe, about the open door. God has opened a door. That no man can shut. And sometimes we walk around the door. Hmm. Huh. 
This doesn't look like it looked five years ago. Ooh. That, oh boy. That's going to require me, Brother Marcus. That's going to require me to change. That's going to require something out of me. I don't know where, and I'm being, I I don't want to sound ugly. I'm talking to me tonight. I don't know where we have got the, where we have somehow come to the understanding that the will of the Lord is always going to work around my schedule, around what I'm doing, around what I think looks right, around what I think sounds right. And when are we going to understand that it, number one, wouldn't be a new thing? He would only have to open one thing and never shut another thing. If we were supposed to stay in the same place, in the same mess, in the same trial, you hear me right now, in the same tradition that we have always been in. But I've come to tell someone tonight that there is a door, yes, there is a door that is open. And we look to the door from the hallway. It's like we're sitting in the waiting room. It's like we're sitting in a reception area with the door wide open. But we can't get a glimpse enough to change the way that we perceive things in the hallway, in the waiting room, to actually get to the door, the entryway, and say, this is a door that the Spirit, Brother Riley, has opened for me. This is not a door that I open because I don't have the strength. This is not a door that my brother has opened because he doesn't have the strength to open the door. But this is a door that the Lord has opened for me. This is something that God has set up for me. This is something that I am going to have to choose. I don't want to sound redundant. I don't want to sound repetitive tonight. But I'm telling you in this house tonight that there are things in the Spirit that the Lord has opened, that the Spirit has opened for us, the church, that has opened for us as individuals And we can fall asleep in the hallway if we want to and decide that it is more comfortable in the reception waiting area. Or we can step up to the plate and say, God has opened a door for me. I have been weak, but God has opened a door for me. I have been sick, but God has opened a door for me. I have been at the point of no return But God has opened a door for me. Everyone around me said there's no way he'll ever go through. There's no way a door will ever open for him. But God has opened a door tonight for me. God has opened a door tonight for you. God has opened a door for our church. God has opened a door for our community. God has opened a door for our neighborhoods. God has opened a door for our place of employment. He's opened a door. 
Well, let me hit this right now since I got a couple little girls. If you be brains enough and just a little spiritual enough to understand, God is trying to open doors within our homes. Uh, brick house. God is opening doors. I'm not up here to holler tonight. I'm really not. I'll try to stop that even. We're at a crucial point within the church. I said we are at a crucial point in the church, in our families. Hear me right now. I know your works. I know the things that you have built. I know the path that you have taken. I know the sacrifices that you have made. The Lord said, you are of little strength because you are weary. But you have kept my word. When others turn their back on my word, you have kept my word. When others tried to decide that they would just do church how they wanted to do church, you kept my word. When other people left the church and decided to serve a pagan God, you kept my word. When everything that could go wrong went wrong, instead of you turning your back and taking the easy route, you took the high road and you kept my word. And you have not denied my name. We are a people. You hear me right now? We are a people. It needs to be sounded in the spirit throughout our community. We are the people of the name of the most high God. There is no name. Hear me right now. There is no name higher. There is no other name that is going to do it. There's nothing stronger than the name of the Lord. And if you will put your hope, if you will put your trust, if you will put your confidence in the name of the Lord, you hear me right now? There's some of you now. You are contemplating in your mind how you are going to make it work and how you can manipulate the situation for it to turn and for it to work. And I've come to tell you tonight that there are some things, I said it Wednesday and I'll say it again tonight, there are some things that you are simply going to have to place and you're going to have to seal it in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to apply that name to the things that you are facing and to the things that you are going through. Moses turns to Joshua. At the end of his life, Moses, God's chosen man, 
bush that burns in the burning, the fire ceases to end, speaks to Moses, Moses, go and get my people out of the place, out of the bondage that they are in. Moses, the chosen man of the hour to lead the children of Israel on an escape route out of Egypt and away from Pharaoh. Moses, at the end of his life, not ever being able to cross into the place, you hear me right now, that was promised to him, that was spoken to him, that was declared and decreed to him, begins to speak to Joshua. And he said unto him in the sight of all Israel, be strong and be of good courage, for thou must go with the people unto the land which the Lord has sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither will he forsake thee. Fear not, and neither be thou dismayed. Joshua, there's a promise that the Lord has made to his people a door that he has opened. That even in their disobedience, even in their doubt and in their fearfulness, God could not change his word that he had promised to his people. You think I'm crazy, you go ahead and think I'm crazy. But I believe tonight that there is a great cloud of witnesses that has paved a way and brought us this far. But there's going to have to be some Joshua's that are going to have to get beside, number one, going to have to get beside themselves and say, I understand. This is the problem. This is the crossroads. I understand the sacrifices that have been made up until this point. I understand that there have been many things that have been paved. And there is a debt that my generation and the generations beneath me owe. I'm not going to try to step on any toes. This is not, I'm just going to follow. Is this okay, Pastor? But we are going to have to, hear me right now, we are going to have to walk, hear me, in that heritage. But God is trying to call us right now. You hear me right now. God is trying to call us out of the place that we have been brought to this far. And he is looking for some Joshua's to say, this is where... Thank the Lord he has brought us this far and the way has been paved. Do you understand that the whole way to the promised land had been paved? We we don't discredit Moses. We credit Moses because when it was his time to pass the mantle, if you will, on down the line... Number one, there was a Joshua 
They said, I have heard about the promised land. I have heard Other about people it. have said that it. we are as grasshoppers in the eyes of these giants. I said we can possess the land. We can take the land that God has promised to us. So Joshua doesn't say, get out of the way, Moses. Let me take ride this boat on in to the promise. But Moses says, hey, I need you, Joshua, to rise up. I need you, Joshua, not to wait until you're 60 or 70 years old to rise up. But I need you, Joshua, 15 and 16 and 17 years old. And I need you, 12-year-old. I need you, 20-year-old Joshua. I need you, 30 or 40 or 50-year-old Joshua. I need you to rise up. I need you to not be a fear. I don't need you to be in dismay. I don't need you to look like that you're weak and that you don't understand because I'm telling you, this is what God has spoken and this is what God has said. I have been around this area long enough my whole life to understand that there have been many prophetic things that have been spoken and we have not even begun to see what God has promised and what God has proclaimed And there is a door tonight that is open. If I could title my message tonight, it would not be about open doors. It would not be about taking the mantle. It would be about walking in the room, walking in the territory, walking in the place that the door leads us to. Joshua listens to what Moses has to say. And the Lord has to remind Moses, I have come, have I not commanded thee, be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest, Joshua, wherever your feet touch. What would happen inside of the church if the church rose up and said, where you lead me, I'm going to follow. If it's through the door, oh God, I'm going to walk through the door. I'm tired. You hear me tonight. I'm just going to give you the, if you want, if you think we complain anyways, I'm going to give you a complaint tonight from a 38-year-old tonight. I am tired. I am so tired of walking around the promise. I'm tired of walking around. I'm tired. I'm ready to possess it. I'm ready to take hold of it. I'm ready to take the promises. I don't say that in any type of arrogance. I'm telling you right now, I say that humbly to you for my baby's sake and for my other baby's sake and for my family's sake. I'm ready, Brother Uzel, to take the promises of God. I'm ready to take the promises that God has spoken and what he has said, and I am ready tonight to walk. You say, we better be careful because there's consequences. I'm going to tell you where there's consequences at. There's consequences in the wilderness. Some of you tired of manna? Because you just want something different in your taste buds. Get out of the wilderness and get in the promised land. 
get into the place where the milk and the honey flows. We have got to go. I'm telling you tonight, I don't know how else to say it. I wish I had more elegance uh, in my words tonight for you, but I just simply got to tell you, give us the promise. Give me the promise, Brother Burke over any type of money. Give me the promise over a promotion in my job. Give me the give me the promise over any, I'll say it, give me the promise over any sporting event that I can go to or participate in. Give me the promise. Come with me. Because I got to go. I got to walk in the promise. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do it, Brother Burke? By faith. By faith, I'm going to walk. By faith, Joshua said, I'm going to have to go. for. Come on, Brother Uzel, join me. I'm going to have to walk in it. I'm going to have to walk in it. Brother Josh, would you join us? Brother Stoney, join us now. I mean, it don't look pretty sometimes. It don't look right. Brother Billy, come on and join me. Brother G, come on and join me. I'm going to have to walk tonight. I'm going to have to follow. Come on, Brother Hunter. Go with me. I'm going to have to go in the promise. You want to come with me? She don't want to come with me yet, but she's coming. Come on, Star. Come with me and walk. Come on with me and walk. It's a, you hear me right now. Hear me right now, Brother Clarence. Come with me. Could you walk with me? It's a multi-generational thing. It is the inheritance of the Lord. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost right now. It is the inheritance of the Lord. The way's been paved. The road's been marked. The elders have set it before us. Now it's time to walk in the promise. And guess what that means? It didn't say... It didn't say 60 and back. You got to stay in the wilderness. But everybody that was living was able to walk in the promised land. Was able to get a piece of that milk and that honey. Was able to go and live in houses that they did not build. And farm land that they did not plant. That they did not cultivate. It is the promises of the Lord. They are still yay, and they are still amen. They said, we're going to walk in it. How are we going to do it? Joshua said, we're going to listen to the voice of the Lord. We're walking by faith and not by sight. That means we're going to show up for prayer when our prayers haven't been answered. That means we're going to be faithful in our tithing and in our offering when it looks like all hell has broke loose. God is calling the church to walk tonight I get out of line, you just step on me. The God is calling the church tonight, Brother Burke, you said it to me. God is calling the church to not only walk by faith and not by sight, but God is calling the church to begin to walk in the Spirit. 
Don't worry, I ain't going to get too, 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 whatever. But if I got to cast off, if I got to cast off some things in my flesh that are weighing me down, that are keeping me distracted, Because I got a promise to obtain. God is not finished. You hear me right now, Bluff City. God is not finished with what he has started. People come, people go. Things are built, things are gone. But I've come to tell you tonight, the promises of God do not waver. They do not change. It's in an atmosphere like this that I remember. Being Sister Lewis, I remember just being a little boy. And I can remember probably just right in here somewhere. If I wasn't being ugly and getting drugged out of the place. I can remember a lot of times I might even be under here somewhere. I might be looking for somebody's peeled off gum or or something but I can remember I'm not trying to lighten the mood in here right now or the spirit but I can remember there would be and I'm going to say I'm not even going to say old but there were some prayer warriors that in the middle of services as a little boy that didn't didn't even understand couldn't even read probably yet only knew how to say hardies, you know, all them famous words. <sighs> Candy bar, milkshake, malt. <sighs> but I can remember, I'm telling you, you call it whatever you want, but I, could, I can remember and I can sense and I can feel that same feeling, Sister Lewis, in his house tonight. That there would be prayer warriors that would begin to pray. There would be tongues that would begin to go for. There would be someone that was going to war. There would be someone that was saying, there's a, some, there's a generation that's coming up behind me, and I've got to begin to pave the way for them. I can remember not understanding and even really knowing what it was, Brother Uzel, but knowing there's something different that's happening right now in this service. This is not a song that's being sung, not a particular word that's being spoken, but there's something that is moving. And I can remember as just a little child, I can remember the promises of God and declarations that people made. And guess what? Some of you maybe have forgotten some of those things and some of those people maybe have passed on and all those different kinds of things. But I can still remember. I can still remember some of the things that were spoken. I can still remember some of the names that were called. I can still remember some of the promises. And guess what? I don't see all of the promises setting in this place. I don't see everything fulfilled yet. But I know that if God has opened the door, it doesn't matter how hard any spirit, human spirit or spiritual thing tries to shut the door. What God has opened, no man can shut. 
So I got to pave the way right now. I got to continue and be about my father's business. I may not be able to move as fast as some of you have moved in your life. I may not, I may not be able to go as quick and I may not be able to do some of the things that you were able to do, but I got to do what the Lord has called me to do. And that is not to sit still. It's not to stay dormant and reside until he comes again, but it is to be about his business, uh, marching towards the place uh, that he has promised me. Heaven and earth are going to pass away. But my word. Settled. So I've come to tell every person that's maybe seen a few things in your life. You haven't seen anything yet. You think you've seen the greatest outpourings and the greatest revivals. Not to pour any water on those things. But you have not seen the greatest yet. You think you've seen some miracles in your life? You have not seen the greatest miracles yet. That doesn't diminish what we have seen. It doesn't diminish what we have been a part of. But I've come to tell you, it is a new day. It is a new season. It is a new year. It is time for the church to take her rightful place. We are, listen to me right now. We are not a debilitated we are not a weak church we are not a church we are not a church that second guesses what God has spoken and what God has said he's not a man that he can lie he's not a human being that he can change his mind if he has said it he will perform it. Oh, I've come to tell somebody tonight. I'm, I'm done. I've come to tell someone tonight that there is a room. There is a new place. There is a destiny. There is, hear me right now. There is a, a new place in your, you hear me right now when I say this. Every person in this room has been called to be a minister of the gospel. It is time for us to take our rightful place. We have stood in the corner of the hallway taking glimpses and glances, Sister Violet. Oh my God, what a word that she spoke and proclaimed last Sunday night. It's time. It's time for the, the husbands and, and the wives to arise. It's time for the grandparents to arise. It's time for the person that feels like they have no one to get attached to someone, cling to someone, adopt someone, and say, we are going to make this journey together. We are going to see. We are going to see our promised land. If one... How many can one put to flight? How many can two put to flight? Oh, what would be 
amazing in this house tonight. It's if there would be at least two or three people gathered together with two or three people and say, I know you're fighting some demons. I know you're fighting a sickness. I know you're fighting some things in your family. I know your home may not feel the peace that it should feel, but I am binding with you. And we are fixing with the help of the Lord to put together a cord like elastic. We're going to go around this thing. And it's not going to be broken because no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We're taking authority even over any tongue that would rise up against us tonight. If you talk about my brother, you got to get through me. Because we're going to get to the promised land. Brother Burke, you fought some devils. And if you had it to do over, the only thing you'd have done different probably is just fought a little bit more. You'd have fought just a few more. We have come too far. You hear me right now? We have come too far, Pastor Dustin. We've come too far as a people of the name. We have come too far as a church body to turn around, to stop. But I got to think tonight, I just, I don't know about you. Maybe my age is beginning to kick in. But when I start seeing the... I call them kids, but they're young men and young women in this church. When I start seeing them minister in the gospel, when I start seeing them taking on mission fields in their schools and on their college campuses, the only thing that comes to my mind, Brother Burke, is why didn't I do that when I was 22 years old? Why didn't I start a P7 whenever I was in high school? Why are they doing it? Because they feel. You hear me right now. Why are they doing it, Sister Lewis? Why is Trev doing it? Because he feels the urgency of the hour. And we got to rise up as Joshua and say there is going to be no man that is going to be left behind. No woman, no child that is going to be left behind. I got to take them with me to the promised land. If I got to shed off some things, if I got to push some things back, I got to get them to the promised land. I got what would happen if we decided to lay aside for the Joe. You got me thinking about it too much. If we would lay aside every weight. Every distraction. You say, what are you talking about? You ain't supposed to go nowhere and have no fun. That's not, and that is not at all what I said. But what would happen if I pushed away and I said, I've got to lead someone. i got to take someone with me. To the promised land, Brother Hunter. I got some kids. You got some kids. I'll just say it. You got some kids that ride in. They don't know nothing about the promised land. They don't know if it's a new ride at Disney World or Six Flags. They don't know what the promised land is. They don't know if it's a destination that you go to here in the United States somewhere. They have no idea what it is. 
And guess what? They're not going to know what it is unless someone will be sensitive to the Spirit and say, let me, let me show you. Come to my house. Come to my class. Get on my bus. I know some of y'all don't even know what we're talking about. Some of you work with people that are <laughs> desperate for you to tell them about who Jesus is. Some of you live next door to people. I live, do you hear me? Right now, I live next door to an Islamic man and woman, and I have yet to tell them who Jesus is. And while they got their curtains raised in their, I've been in their house, while they got their curtains raised and their prayer mats done, Brother Marcus, I'm about my own business, just doing my own thing, waving at doctor and telling him how you do it. Because I'm too busy doing something else when I should be about the Father's business. I want to walk through the door. That God has opened for me. I don't want to look at it anymore. I don't want to. So I have. We idolize that door. That door of harvest. That door of miracle. The miraculous. That door of. It's kind of like I can go to sleep at night a little bit better knowing that there is something to come. And God is saying, Brother Joe, I have already done the work. Walk through the door. I did my notes, but I don't apologize tonight for anything that I've said. Because I feel tonight an urgency. Maybe I'm just talking to the man in the mirror, and that's who I needed to talk to tonight the most. But I have got to be sensible enough and sensitive enough to the Spirit to hear the voice of the Lord say, Joshua. Joshua, you have kept my word. You don't feel like you can do it. Joshua didn't do it. Listen to me. The miracles Joshua did not see by his own hands. I'm going to talk just for a minute. You just stay where you're at. I'm done. But there's some people in this room tonight that feel like that you are not. I don't know if you don't feel like you're not good enough. If you don't feel like you're secure enough. If you don't feel like that you have the right name. <laughs> you don't feel like that you have the right heritage or pedigree or generational thing that's been passed down. Joshua, while he was faithful to God and faithful to the man of God, never talked to a burning bush. He never prayed. They're tired of the manna. Send them something else. Never saw with his own mouth or his own hands the miracles that Moses saw hear me right now that Moses experienced that made Moses legitimate to lead the people 
Joshua didn't see it. But what Joshua did do is he stayed close during his season of incubation. He stayed close to the source and understood that when manna falls, I'm going to get manna because I'm going to stay close to the man of God. I'm going to stay close to the covering that is in my life. Let me tell you something right now. I've heard Bishop say it many times. I've heard Pastor Dustin say it uh, publicly and in his office of the people that are coming up, the younger uh, ministers and the different ones that are being involved in different types of ministry and aspect. It is the desire of the leadership of this church, a bishop and our pastors. It is their desire to see us do great Thanks. Moses said, Joshua is by me. We could talk about that. That's a message all in itself. The placement that Joshua placed himself in. It did not matter that Joshua did not grow up in Pharaoh's home and refused to take Pharaoh's name. It did not matter that Joshua was not with with Moses when the burning bush spoke to him. What mattered is that when push come to shove, Joshua was next to Moses. And so when it was time, and Moses had went as far as Moses could go. There was a Joshua, or a Joshua, that said, I am going to go where God has called me to go. I'm going to listen to the voice. I don't care what people say about me. I don't care if it, if it sounds crazy that I am a, a lady and, and, and I'm called to preach. I don't care what anybody thinks about me. God has called me for such a time as this. And I've got the name of the Most High attached to my life. The door is open. The harvest is ripe. The fields are plenty. I'm going to tell you what our promised land on this earth is, is the harvest. God has set us up. He has brought us to a pinnacle point where adversity has tried its very best. Government has tried its very best. There have been different groups that have tried its very best. But God has said, I'm going to give you just a little bit of space of time, Joshua. Don't you remember Joshua? When I spoke through Moses to you, then the Lord comes to Moses, to Joshua and tells Joshua, Joshua, I have called you to do this. Stand with me tonight. I'm going to tell you what I don't want. I don't want the generation that is coming behind me I don't know how many that would technically include, but I'm going to pretend that it's just 
one <laughs> and a half. There's more than that, probably at least two, I guess. <laughs> or what we code as generations. I don't want the generation that is coming up behind me. I don't want a married couple or a young person. I don't want them to have to question. I wish we had someone to show us. Because I'm going to tell you what the generation is crying. I need someone to show me. I know God has called me. I know that there's a promised land. I know that there's a harvest. It ain't out of ignorance. And it, listen to me right now. It's not out of arrogance either. But they're so desperate. I, I feel it so strong. They are desperate. So I got to show them. Brothers Uzel, Brother Stoney, come with me. We got to show them. We, we got we to be that. We got to be that group. We got to be that person. You got to be that person tonight. You got to be that person to turn around. You might have to turn around to your children or your grandchildren or your nieces or your nephews. And you might say, I want to show you the way. I know what you're hungering for. I know what you're thirsting after. And it's not vain. It's not those things. But it is after doing the will of the Father. Come and go with me. I'm going to point you in the direction. I'm going to lead by example. Because Brother Burke, I asked him, I said, yeah, I don't, I don't know a whole bunch about it, but you tell me, in a community of this size, how many people tonight are getting high? What did you tell me? 5,000 people probably. Right now, as we said in this building, and that's hard for us to wrap our minds around, and the enemy, because let me tell you something, when he told me that, there was something in my mind that said, nah. Amy, I try to tell you that's not true. That's not the case. Let me tell you something. There is a lost and a dying world right now. Remember tomorrow that you knocked on their door. They are looking. You hear me right now. They are looking from every age group, from every, uh, from every social class. They are looking for someone to lead them. If you would tonight... I'm going to turn this to our pastor. But if you would tonight, if you would consider, take into your consideration tonight what God and what you have seen and what you have heard the voice of the Lord speak to you. Some of you need to reach down tonight. I say this out of love. You need to reach down way, way, way down into the cavities of your memory and into the cavities of your spirit. And you need to remember the path and the way and the direction that God has spoken to you to go and that you went in so that you can pass that. Hear me right now. We ought to always be in the mode. I'm ready right now. There are things in my life that I'm ready right now. Not so I can quit, but I'm ready right now. There's some things I'm ready to pass the baton on so that I can keep on going, so that that person can keep on going, and so that I can keep on going. i got to be going in the direction of the promised land. Would you lift your hands right now with me? I can't pray this prayer for you, but you know what God has pro promised. You know what God has spoken. You know what